Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hour two of our five-hour Friday conversation on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B is here. It will include Sir. Rod's first rant of this Friday. And it is a football Friday, Rod. There is football on the brain. We're talking uh, combines, drafts, and that's, whatnot. That's so not officially a football Friday. I know you really want that really bad, but I do. you're talking about give football. It There's no football to watch. There's no actual football being played. And you're just going to throw out football Friday? That is not a football Friday, sir. We must accept that we won't have a football Friday until September. Even the draft is not considered an actual football Friday. You can do it. You can make it an exception. But come on, man. You know you you lying to the people. We're lying to that. Well, hey, can y'all can y'all dress up and settle your bet on opening day? We got that coming up here. What, opening day, yeah, I can do months? that. Uh, we got to get back on camera though. Got to get well, our cameras back. We can back get set. that done. We just I, we need to settle this. Gonna, I, I, yes, don't, I need to dress. And up I need my luchador mask. Rod. Luke, well, about, uh, yeah, I can give you, I can get you that. But like I said, we, we were trying to wait on the cameras to pay off the bet. That's exactly right. But I can pay off the bet. I, I'm cool just sitting in the house where nobody can see me <laughs> and paying off a bet. I'm ready I, to go. I got my full Rangers yeah. regalia and ready to roll. They're, that spring training, I'll go with that. And you, the, what is it, the Lucha Libre mask? Did you see at the, uh, what was it, where Jason Peters was wearing that at the Super Bowl po- the post party? Oh, was he really? Yes. Nice. Uh, and when the Chiefs had their, their party after the game and uh, yeah, Taylor Chief, Swift was a there. A Chiefs-themed one? And he, yeah, he had a red oh, Lucha so cool. Libre mask. That's really cool. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like Travis Kelsey. It's hard not to like Jason Kelsey. I mean, that is a uh, – He's a man of the people. That is a man of the people. He really, I mean, that guy, he was, he was flying with the gin pop from the Super Bowl. You saw that? He didn't have some private play. And he didn't I – mean, he, was, he was just flying with the gin pop, just hanging out there. Hey, I watched, there the, I watched a movie that Taylor Swift was in last night. Oh, what was that? Valentine's, oh, Valentine's Day? Day? Yeah, never seen it Yeah, that before. movie is terrible. I don't know. Uh, my, my girlfriend that's put a, it on, but it, it she, I, I thought she did a great job for not being an actress with her it's role. It's a terrible movie. That's one of those movies <laughs> where they basically, the budget's huge because it's a star study. Oh they just God, got yeah. as many stars as they could get in, in one movie, and there is never a better example. Just because you got stars in it, don't make it a good yeah, movie. Yeah, th- there's some your pretty. Your plot sucks, your plot sucks. There's some pretty, <laughs> scene, there's some scenes that are not very well written. I will say that. But that, yeah, exactly. I, there, there, was some, there was some funny, a few funny moments. I, I really like Ashton Kutcher. So that, that, it, it's that, been a while, though. That's. Edge. It's an old movie, right? It's, it, like it came 2011, out like, 10? Yeah, because I've seen it a long I think, yeah, I think I was on a date, too, when I went to see it. And oh, I was, ugh, it was a terrible movie. It just wasn't good. It just wasn't good. Uh, I've not seen it. I've not seen it. What I did just you see, though, see speaking it, of football Fridays, it, whether it is or isn't, you know what are now, I just saw this drop uh, a moment ago. So right on time, by the way, mm-hmm. the first two episodes of the Apple series, 10-part docuseries, The Dynasty, The New England Patriots, are now streaming. Oh, it's on Apple? It's on Apple+. Plus. Oh, I'll check that out. 10-part docuseries, The oh, Dynasty, yeah. The New England Patriots, and of course, the uh, um, the true story. And boy, the, the, I, I, I'm going to have to listen to this in the, in the break and we'll oh, play it next. Oh, this is going to be good, man. But the, the trailer is about a 30-second trailer, mm-hmm. and really all it is is the key figures for the the two-decade dynastic run of the Patriots sitting down like they're about to be interviewed. Tom Brady, Mike Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah, just yep. teasing it. Robert Kraft, Roger Goodell, uh, Randy Moss. Um, you know, Is there Belichick in there? Oh, yeah. Belichick's the first one. They, Brady, okay. then Belichick. Yeah. So essentially, they're you know teasing. You're getting the full. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna yeah. get some stu- get some scoop on what went on behind the dynasty curtain. Yeah. No. And it helps that Belichick you know is without a job. 
that's good too because I, I I got a feeling the, the the Patriots had to green light this thing. And remember the timing of it? The timing was, if I'm not mistaken, it was right before they moved on from Belichick. It was like a like a couple of days before. Remember we actually played the trailer? I want to say it was like a couple of days before they moved on from Belichick when it actually came out. Yeah. Like, no, it came with the trailer, I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, the trailer's out, so apparently you can, you can go stream the first two episodes today if you wanted to. Right now, if you wanted to go. But don't do that. Listen to us. Uh, but you could go stream them. So on Apple Plus, first two of the ten. Um, yeah. I mean, I think. So there's some football. I want to know why he benched Malcolm Butler for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I would love to for him. To, well, you know, he's never told anybody. Why he not? never told Brady. He never told his own defensive coordinator why he did it. Malcolm Butler to this day has, has no idea why he was benched. Now he probably does and just won't don't want to say it. But will will Belichick even admit like wh- why'd you bench him? Can you just tell everybody why you benched your starting cornerback right before the Super Bowl? A Super Bowl where your secondary got lit up <laughs> by Nick Foles and company. Can you explain that to me? I'd love to know. So that's gonna be some good stuff. I love that line from I think it's well not I think it's uh, either Julian Edelman or one of the other receivers who said, you know, we we worked for the Patriots, but we played for Brady. Yeah, well, that's that. the best line of the entire. I, there's no way they can beat that line. That's that line describes everything. We worked for the Patriots, but we played for Brady. Yeah, yeah, uh, or worked for Belichick, but played for Brady, which mm-hmm. is kind of the way it goes. And that and Brady was a key cog, obviously. So looking forward to that. Uh, it's kind of built around, I guess, the uh, the the. the the Jordan documentary, the uh, the Last Dance, but kind of similar. But ten parts, two are out, ready to go on Apple. Enjoy that. We'll play that trailer for you coming up. Also, hit some uh, bullish or BS for the end of this hour. Right now, let's get to the top stories. Get you caught up on a Friday morning. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories. We start in Kansas City. An update on that tragic mass shooting that unfolded amidst the throngs of people at the Chiefs Super Bowl celebration on Thursday. Authorities now believe the chaos began from a dispute between several people, many of them juveniles. Police Chief uh, Stacy Graves said that 22 people were injured in the shooting. They ranged between ages of 8 and 47, half of whom were under the age of 16. A mother of two was killed uh, tragically. The three people were detained, including two juveniles. No charges have yet been filed. Opening day for Texas Longhorn Baseball. Baseball fans will be back at UFCU Dishfalk Field to celebrate the 50th season at the Dish tonight, hosting San Diego, the Toreros. Head coach David Pierce enters his eighth season with a deep, talented squad, picked to finish second in the Big 12 in the preseason uh, vote of the Big 12. Fans will be introduced to a new video board and the Yeti Yard in left center field. Returning ace LeBaron Johnson Jr. will get the ball for Texas tonight in game one facing San Diego, a team that was picked to finish second in the West Coast Conference. Should be a good matchup this weekend. 7 o'clock tonight, 2.30 tomorrow, 1 o'clock on Sunday. After their week off, their rare midweek off, the Texas men's hoop squad back at it tomorrow. They roll into Houston to face Kelvin Sampson and the third-ranked Cougars at high noon tomorrow. Uh, Houston enters the game tied with Iowa State atop the Big 12 standings at 8-3. Texas is 5-6, and six, looking to make up some ground. Maybe their biggest road challenge of the year there. Red Hot Texas women hosting Iowa State tomorrow afternoon. Vic Schaefer's Horns have won five in a row as they come in and face the Cyclones at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Speaking of women's college basketball, what an incredible scene last night in Iowa City, Iowa. Hawkeye star Caitlin Clark set the new Division I women's basketball scoring record in a 106-89 win for the Hawkeyes over Michigan. 22-year-old Phenom broke the record with her eighth point of the night. She went on to score 49 points and dish out 13 assists for good measure. She's now scored 3,569 points for her career the most ever. In golf yesterday, Patrick Cantlay fired a 64. He sits atop the leaderboard at the first round of the Genesis Invitational at 7-under. Jordan Spieth at 5-under, 2-back. Fellow Longhorn Scotty Scheffler and Bo Hostler at 3-under. Tiger Woods battled back spasms in his opening round yesterday. He finished at 1-over. 
And finally, keep in mind, if you're headed downtown this weekend or out and about on Sunday morning, be advised thousands of runners from across the country descending on the capital city for the annual Austin Marathon, Half Marathon, and 5K. Races begin at 7 a.m. on Sunday along Congress Avenue. First road closures will begin actually today in downtown Austin. Horror Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Uh, yeah, we were talking earlier about uh, the parade, and I wonder if in the future um, sports, you know, just these sports organizations who are playing these championship parades, I wonder if they'll change up anything or if they'll decide to move some of these celebrations indoors or – uh, maybe move it into a bigger stadium or venue just so they can, uh, you know, better safeguard um, against some of these, you know, possible tragic situations uh, that are starting to become all too common at championship celebrations. I don't know if they can, um, but I, I, I wonder if, you know, they'll at least entertain the solution or discuss it, discuss the possibility of it. Because I think it's worth it. If you're a city leader, you at least have to at this point um, have the conversation about whether you can make the event safer. Because these things are becoming all too common, yeah, all too I mean, frequent. It's uh, sad, and I and, I, and and that's all phases of our life. They're all too frequent, and churches now. Yes, just last weekend. I agree. You know, but it's so when you have that, what they say, a million people were attending. Over a million. I mean, they yeah, estimate, but it, yeah, I mean, it was city block after city block of yeah. folks. And that's just said, I don't think there's anything you can do when you have that many people and that much space that you're trying to secure. It's just nothing, you know, you can't set up a perimeter big enough. Yeah, exactly, right? You don't control any of that. And no matter how many people, you know, all officers of the law they have on the ground and how many uh, policemen they have on the ground, that's just hard. So I do wonder in the future, I mean, it's unfortunate, but I wonder if they'll decide uh, to have at least experiment with having it inside to see if they can make it a little bit safer. In an arena, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, arena, stadium. Well, I mean, just to say if you're here, if the Longhorns won the national championship, if they wanted to have a celebration, you could have it at, at DKR. You could. And, you know, yeah, 100,000 people. I'm sure you can you just throw some standing room only in there if you want to. That yeah, kind of thing. Um, but, you know, and that's. Texas would probably sell tickets to get you on the field, though. If I <laughs> no, they really, you know, they would. They, they'd have the gin pop tickets up top, and then they'd be like, all right, you want to be on the actual field with your team? We're going to charge I you. I assume it would be free, but they would, no, sell, no. They would sell concessions. So, <laughs> I think they would sell special tickets to get on the field. I think if you pay a certain amount, you can get on the field to celebrate with the team because they're going to have the actual trophy celebration on the on the field. But you're right. That's why we like parades so everybody can go, everybody can attend, and you can do it at the Capitol, all that kind of stuff. Where they what they uh, have the the 2005 celebration? Where they end up having like the it's on the field. It was on the field. It was on the field. Mm-hmm. They they just did a parade and didn't find. I believe so. Stopped the field. Okay. It's been a bit now. Okay. But yeah, it was on. The, it was at the stadium. I want to Which is about right. And look, this is a parade. So you know, parades in, in hey. any whether it's a Fourth of July parade or if it's a you know Christmas Day Macy's mm-hmm. parade. I mean, it spans city blocks. I mean, yeah. it goes and goes and goes. I've been to many you know St. Patrick's Day parades in Houston growing up. Or you know those are those are impossible to police. They're free. I mean, you can bring as much police presence as you want. But when you're you're having something that large, yeah. There really is, and, and so the, the the question is: Would you get rid of the idea of, of a parade and just have a celebration? <laughs> just have a celebration and have a celebration yes. somewhere else that you could. That's how you get a million people. Safer. You go, you know, you can you can line up in, in pretty much any city block, and you're going to see the the motorcade come by and mm-hmm. see Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and get to wave at him and whatnot. Uh, that might be the part that that gets eliminated. This actually happened where the celebration was, right down at the Union Station, yeah. where they were up on stage and. You know, I mean, the, the 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 amazing part. You know, there were there were players on the Chiefs hiding in closets. 
when wow. the gunfire erupted. I mean, there. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, this was this was right down near where they were up on stage talking about going for three peats, and you know, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are singing uh, singing along. You know, friends Jeez. in low places or whatever they were doing. Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, tragic. But at the same time, you're right. I do think because it's just unfortunate. But all, all all too often, the bad deeds of a few lead to. The, the the many not you know being able to have a parade. That's you know, true. Because city leaders have to make do what's best which, for the masses. And yeah, and sometimes that is not to have as many, not to have as, as accessible. Yeah. Um, and I yeah I know they'll discuss it. I don't know if it'll happen, but considering now we've had multiple incidents at at multiple championship parades in sports because we're coming from a sports angle, we know there's <laughs> this is a a a much uh, I think you know a much more serious topic than sports, and in our society it's a much more a much deeper topic that we need to discuss, and I think we're all upset that this is who we are as a society. Unfortunately, this this is who we are. We get together in, in large groups, and unfortunately, we have to worry about the worst of us trying to go out there and harm people. Uh, but I do think they sh- it's, wor- it's worth having a, a serious conversation about from championship parade standpoint because it's only going to continue. Well, I mean, the, the it's inevitable. The early part of the preliminary investigation indicates that you know this was not. I mean, immediately you think, oh man, this is some kind of a terrorist thing, or yeah, it uh, was that it was a bunch of sixteen-year-old kids with guns. It, it was there. In, it <laughs> it was feels there. like yeah, it was them. Like right, right, apparently they had an argument yeah, with each other. There was a dispute, and then that between juveniles, okay, and yeah. uh, they got Glocks or whatever, what kind of guns they're carrying, and all of a sudden, I was like, man, they can't. Yeah. I'm selling y'all dispute with guns like that as kids. I know that often. Come on, all, man, what happened to just fight? Go, like, y'all well, can fucking fight, and y'all would have been fine. A lot of people have already asked, you know, why have charges not been filed? I mean, I'm assuming because they're juveniles. They're probably, they're, they're probably they're investigating, getting evidence. They got juvenile yeah. authorities involved, and. You know, obviously, there's a there's a you know, parents and you got to get the, there's there's the guardians of these kids. The woman is killed. Of course, a, a DJ is killed. I mean, this is uh, you know, take your time on the event. There's a lot to sort out here about what the charges are going to be and, and how they're going to be put towards who. And uh, it is just uh, such it's a sad, such a man. senseless thing. But it yeah, really right. Unfortunately, sad. you probably would, would just have to eliminate the idea of a parade. Because the idea of a parade is that everybody can come and everybody can celebrate and everybody can come yes. get their piece of the Chiefs and say yep. they thank you and. You know, the, you know. Unfortunately, it's just uh, you know. Gosh, we see it. It's, it's just a terrible, terrible thing. It but, is. Um, no, I'm with you. It's a, it's very uh, sad. And like I said, it, every day you have to realize this is kind of who we are as a society because it's not just sporting events. It's happening. Um, you know, different events, churches, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's a sad conversation we have to have. But I, the city leaders, um, you know, to do the responsible thing, they should at least in they should at least explore the possibility of making it safer for the folks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and at the same time, you know, as this text said, did fear have them cancel the Boston Marathon? They still have the Boston Marathon. No, no. Yeah. I mean, because it's one of those. You know, you can come, but just know in this country that could happen. Uh, yeah. It's one of those, you, you know, your choice. Like I said, they, have Unfortunately. To, they should explore the possibility. I'm not saying cancel it and all that. I'm just saying you do have to have the discussion. Oh, 100%. We, we have to, that's part of being a responsible city leader is to have the discussion about, hey, can we make it safer and how can we make it safer? And through that exploration, they'll find other ways other than canceling the parade or taking it indoors to a stadium or taking it into another venue, they'll explore other possibilities. My point is you have to have, unfortunately, you have to have that. I think you're right about that. Yeah. All right, that's good stuff right there. We'll take your thoughts on it. We'll uh, play you this trailer for the new uh, docu-series about the New England Patriots dynasty. That's going to be good. Uh, The truth behind the curtain will be good. Also, some. What do you think it'll be better than the the Bull, the last dance one? Yes. Ooh, really? I think so. 
It's got more dirt, don't it? I think so, too. It's got I mean, more I, dirt I, than yeah, the Bulls one. Because, again, the Bulls one, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was great. Remember, it was right during COVID, so it was perfect oh, timing. Yeah, it was perfect timing, yeah. Uh, wasn't anything else to do. Um, but we did shows time, about that damn uh, but, documentary. But at the same time, I don't think it dove deep enough. I don't think – because Michael Jordan had full, you know – editorial control. So and he never looked bad. It, yeah. never, it never painted him in a negative light at all. You're like, well, right. come on, MJ. You so can, come on, there's some saint. gambling things yeah. we need to look into. There's some shady dealings yeah. here. There's yeah. this. What about you? And, you know, this, is, I think, is going to have some teeth to it. More objective. I mean, well, when, you, when you see the, t- the trailer, you realize, okay, they're going to talk to Brady and sit down. They're going to talk to Belichick. There's Roger Goodell. Mm-hmm. So they're going to talk about Deflategate and Spygate and all those things. Oh, yeah. And hopefully they dive deep. Hopefully they get, you know, who did destroy the Spygate tapes and where did those go and what about these inflated balls? The Patriots and got multiple scandals. What about Tom Brady's phone that disappeared yeah. and all this stuff? You know, those kind of things. Uh, yeah, and then it's just Aaron the, Hernandez. Can yeah, we? Oh, Aaron Hernandez. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know y'all knew, y'all knew a murderer in here. So uh, what about that serial killer that was in your locker room? Well, there? and then, of course, <laughs> just the, the drama between Brady and Belichick and the, oh, the Jimmy Garoppolo man. story. And yeah, 10 might not be enough. Uh, it's going to be good. Uh, how long, I just how long are the episodes? Do we know? I don't know. they got to be like an hour. they got to be an hour. Uh, I would it's hope. Gotta be. It's got to be. All right, let's go to uh, Rod's first rant of a Friday. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, uh, we don't talk enough about the Texans, so I got a couple of nuggets here for Texans fans out there. Uh, so, uh, first of all, um, there was uh, there are some free agent odds because um, the free agent period, free agency is going to be big for the Texans. Texans have uh, well. I believe the third most cap space in the league next offseason with this offseason coming up. I'll go check that to make that sure because the salary cap space obviously that fluctuates depending on the moves that teams are making. But they are they projected to have top five uh, salary cap space for free agency to spend. So they got a lot of money to spend in the offseason. There are uh, free agent odds um, from bookies. Uh, at bookies.com, and they list the Houston, Texas as most the most likely favorite to land Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans, 2024 odds. The Texans are at plus 300. They got Tampa Bay at plus 325. Oh, this is scary. They got Kansas City at plus 450. That would be a nightmare for the rest of the league. Uh, and they got Chicago Bears at plus 750. So basically, they got the Texans with 25%, which is the highest odds overall, to land Mike Evans. I'm not opposed to that. You're a Texans fan, E. What are your thoughts? Mike Evans, veteran wide receiver for your young quarterback, C.J. Stroud. I love it. Uh, you know, uh, I can, and he showed last year with Baker Mayfield, he still has got a lot in the tank. He's only he 10 years in, right? I, yep. mean, I mean, he's over had over 1,000 yards in all 10 years. I think he's from H-Town area too, right? Galveston. Yes. Galveston. Yeah, and went to A&M, of course. Um, so he'll be coming home. I, I like it, but I also think he's very similar to uh, to Nico Collins, and you know that is true. He is. I mean, my 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 general manager hat would tell me, I'd rather go after Saquon Barkley, and then draft a receiver like you know, because I think Nico Collins, as we told you yesterday, was by PFF the third highest rated graded receiver in the league. Yeah. So I think that's mm-hmm. your that's your young budding you know third year star, and you build around him. You're going to sign him to big money. Uh, and then, you know, Tank Dell, before he got hurt, was, was having a heck of a season. You know, he was the best rookie receiver outside of Puka Nakua in the league. And his relationship and, and synergy with uh, C.J. Stroud is ridiculous. So you love those two. And then, 
you know, they, they um, in the draft, I think they could, you know, look at an, an A.D. Mitchell uh, type of player or, you know, whichever they're looking for. But Saquon Barkley, I think, would be the, the, the X factor. Saquon okay. Barkley at 26 years old. Uh, with everything he can do for their offense. And, and as I've said, Bobby Slowick, their offensive coordinator, coming from San Francisco and being around when Christian McCaffrey showed up and what Christian McCaffrey meant to that offense and how dynamic it created, that's what I'd be looking to do. But at the same time, if you, you, know, you can't – I would not be opposed at all to Mike Evans, but if you made me rank him, I would say Saquon Barkley, then Mike Evans. Uh, I'm not opposed to Saquon Barkley. How long are you going to sign him for? He's a running back. Yeah. How long are you going to sign him for? That's what I need to know. I just need to yeah, know. What are the numbers? What are the numbers? I would love to get him for one, one to two years. I would say this. While, Anything after two years, I think that would be way too much of an investment. Well, I would back. say. Because he's the, the only top running back money. Sure. Uh, yeah. And while, and has he made it through a season healthy yet? And, and Well, this year he did. Huh? This year he stayed pretty healthy. I would say this. The, lug, the luxury is you would do have C.J. Stroud on a rookie deal. So this is the window in which to do things like this. Yes. Right? To maybe overpay a little bit for a running back that can – you know, make your offense even you know that much more dynamic. Uh, that 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 risk would be worth the reward because you know the Chargers are apparently going to be hot to try for Saquon Barkley too. But they've already got Justin Herbert yeah. paid. They've got salary cap issues themselves. Houston has cap money, and because of C.J. Stroud's rookie deal, you've got two or three years to, to try to maximize that. So, you know, two, three-year deal with heavy money up front before you have to sign C.J. for Saquon. I would love it because then you'd have a three-headed monster of C.J. Stroud, Saquon, and then Nico Collins, the emerging receiver. Yeah, no, I'm not opposed to it. I just, um, man, running back. I'm, uh, I, I, I like running backs. I, if you can get him for one or two years, that'd be great on a mercenary deal. I wouldn't try to commit to him outside of that. I mean, he is at at, at running back at that age. He's already what twenty? Ooh, what is he? Twenty six now? Yep, mm-hmm. Going on twenty seven? I mean that you get you're basically getting to the peak of the running back already. He'll peak at twenty eight years old. So I wouldn't try to more than two-year deal, but I like that. Cause, and the thing about Nico Collins is Nico Collins last year wasn't getting a lot of attention. He was just getting a lot of man-to-man. He'll get, he'll get double-teamed now because he's the number one wide receiver. You need somebody. This is almost what the 49ers realized when Brandon Ayuk ends up becoming an all-pro. You need somebody opposite of your go-to number one wide receiver that can beat man-to-man coverage consistently. Do they have that? Because they got Nico. Nico's their guy. He's their number one receiver. Who do they have opposite that can opposite him who can beat man-to-man coverage consistently? Tank Dell's a slot receiver. That's what they use him as, um, and that's where he's going to work from. And I love that. But they still need somebody opposite him that can guarantee they can beat man-to-man. Otherwise, uh, it's going to make C.J. Stroud's development a little bit tougher. But I, I agree with you about the uh, the running back position overall. They probably should draft a running back too, um, considering you know Devin Singletary last year became their workhorse running back, and he is not that at all. Um, so Texas got some uh, they got yeah, they got some decisions to make, but they also got a lot of uh, salary cap space. Um, they also uh, pretty much have one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. So you can just build around that guy. There's really no no wrong decision you can make giving him more and more weapons. Speaking of giving your young quarterback more weapons, uh, I saw this uh, for the mock draft. Benjamin Solak he does a great job for the Ringer. He's got him taking a wide receiver. Uh, with their 23rd overall pick. It's a perfect place, too, for the Texans to draft because there's no pressure at 23. You can take best player available. You can take what you need. Uh, he's got him taking Brian Thomas Jr., the wide receiver from LSU, in the first round. Big so receiver. He's got him, so he's got him drafting a wide receiver in the first round. Um, yeah, and he's, he's really impressive. So maybe they're thinking along the lines you're talking about. He's 6'4", 
205. Uh, so maybe they're thinking about getting him as that wide receiver opposite Nico Collins. And if that's the case, then they're going, they're thinking along the lines that you're talking about, Ian, getting potentially maybe a Saquon Barkley or another running back in yeah. the agency. Yeah, because I also saw odds yesterday that the Ravens are the most likely landing spot for Derrick Henry. Uh, in free agency to play with Lamar Jackson and give them a running game. Uh, yeah, They already had a running game. Uh, I know. They just didn't use it come playoff <laughs> they didn't time. They did use it. Yeah. <laughs> you had a running game. But that would be – actually, I kind of like that. That is – that's scary. Yeah, no, the, that's the, the arms race of the AFC and everybody chasing one Kansas Patrick Mahomes. City. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What is Kansas City going to do with that? Uh, okay, so uh, speaking of mock drafts, how about this one, though? Luke Easterling, uh, Sports Illustrated, did a, his mock draft. Uh, and he had the Texans at 23 taking – Byron Murphy Ooh. said that Miko Ryan's first season as Houston's head coach was a massive success. His team should only get better from here. One key area of need along is the interior defensive line, but Ryan needs an explosive, disruptive playmaker who can camp out in opposing backfields, and he points out Byron Murphy could be that guy. What I will say is that Nick Casario, you know this too, E, he loves drafting local pro, uh, prospects. He does. He loves drafting prospects that are from Texas. He actually has, has, has gone on the record and said he likes the pride they have in the state, and he thinks that translates to the pride they'll have in playing for the Texans. So he's on the record for saying that, and I wonder if Byron Murphy could be the perfect fit for him. That'd be really would, cool. You know, Jalen Petrie is a kid from Houston yeah. who played at Baylor. Kenyon Green, Kenyon Green who yeah. hasn't worked out yet. He actually he says that. He says he likes guys, like that. That local makes sense. guys. Yeah, yeah. Local, local flavor if they're talented enough, obviously. Yeah. And, and Byron Murphy, if he were to get there. That's where you said, because it's interesting, this draft in April, the Cowboys and the Texans draft one pick apart. Houston's 23, Cowboys are 24, at least at this point, unless they mm -hmm. make a trade. Yeah. They're both going to be in a position to hope one of their top guys slides. Because you know, to me, right outside of 23 is when you, your first-round grades go off the board. Pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, some teams you, only have like 19 to 25 first-round grades. That's right. So yeah. you're right in that wheelhouse where, okay, we're, we are – but you're, what you're hoping for, and if you're Houston, as you're building a young roster, you're looking for, you know, whichever one of your – one, you know, first-round grade slides into that spot. Yes, that's true. You that's got, probably who you're taking. It yep. could be a receiver. could be a defensive lineman. I agree with that. could be, a, you, know, um, you know, an edge player because you, if you can't re-sign Jonathan Grenard opposite Will Anderson, and, and so you're in that luxury. For the Cowboys, I don't think they're, they're – I think the Cowboys have to go offensive line here. I think every draft I've seen. They, I mean, the Cowboys are almost pigeonholed because they're cap-strapped and they got to get younger. And Tyron Smith young. is, I think, a free agent. Blue, Tyron right? Smith's a free agent. Yeah. Tyler Biotis, the center, is a free agent. They were not deep at rush, uh, offensive line and if they're you know they're going all in as Jerry Jones says you've got to fortify that offensive front mm -hmm. and so it almost, you're almost forced and that might be a good spot too to take a, a Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma or uh, the kid uh, you could even take an interior guard in that spot uh, one, yeah. of the, one of the top interior guards because you can move Tyler Smith out to tackle it with them so I think the Texans are in a spot as a young team building take best player Cowboys probably got to fortify the O-line in my mind I think you're right about that that's why I love where the Texans are drafting and I love where their roster is right now because they they can do exactly what you said. Just kind of watch the – they can watch the draft play out, look at their big board and go, all right, there are two guys we have as first-round well, picks of it that are ready for us. Someone like you know, to us. the Florida State receiver. And they can take Keon, any position. Yeah, the Florida State receiver Keon Coleman falls to them. They or, can take it. Or Byron Murphy falls to them. Guys that are all projected in the top and the you know, middle of the first round, all of a sudden they're sitting there. I mean, the kid uh, Chop Robinson, the, ed, the, the edge player from Penn State. O-line um, or maybe the one that they would have to maybe rethink because they have, right, they have an O-line. They've already paid they for get it. they got to get it healthy. So you got to get healthy. So maybe if one of the uh, – First round graded O lineman drop. Maybe they would rethink that. Mm -hmm. But I'm with you. I think almost everything else, oh, everything. Boy. And I think the Cowboys, because they're 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 playing win now mode. 
I think O-line is their biggest, biggest need. Or, or interior D-tackle, but that's where they went last year with Mozzie Smith, and that didn't work yeah, you out. You can't justify two years in a row taking an interior D-tackle in the first I would agree. round. You, I would agree. Do, you can do it in the second round. I agree. Yeah. All right, that's good stuff. Roz Rant will uh, do more of that conversation. The draft is in late April. we got the combine at the end of the month. Uh, we'll come back, pick up the, uh, the conversations of the morning. We'll also get some bullish or BS for the end of the hour. It's a Friday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Friday on The Horn. Let's hook them up with Ian Rod B. Talking some NFL draft, Cowboys, Texans, roster management and building coming up. Also, uh, Longhorn conversation as well. What about a, the performance for Caitlin Clark last night? Uh, in Iowa City. This was unbelievable. Tickets were hard to come by to see her break the Division One women's scoring record last night, Rod. Mm-hmm. She did it with a 49-point performance. She only needed wow. eight. She only yeah. needed eight. She wanted to leave no doubt. <laughs> uh, but she scored the first eight points of the game, and the uh, the, the record breaker came on like a 40-foot Steph Curry-looking three-pointer where she was kind of off balance and pulled up from the, the, uh, the sponsorship logo on the floor. And she made about six of those threes that, uh, on the on way to a 49-point night. She's unbelievable. She is. I'm watching the highlights right now. Ernie. I mean, she's yeah. unbelievable, the shot she's hitting. She is. Uh, yeah, she's must-watch television. I mean, she's, she's, her range is limitless. I mean, she shoots from anywhere. I mean, do you think Steph Curry, Max Aismas, and those kind of guys uh, on the men's side uh, knock them down from deep? Man, she is oh, stretching the floor, and she's now the all-time leading scorer in uh, women's basketball history. That was pretty awesome last night. How, did, uh, how, how close is she to becoming the all-time scorer, period? Can she catch? Was it Pistol Pete? Is she in that kind of category? I don't believe so. Okay. No. I mean, Max Aismas is trying to chase down guys in the guy side. Uh, he's going guys the likes of Danny Manny and Oscar Robertson the last couple go, of games. I'm going to look this up and see. Yeah, but Max oh, Aismas has pay, played like seven years of college basketball. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's, the, that's becoming the new normal. What do you mean? Guys play a long time now. Well, I mean. Football it, and basketball. Yeah, but I mean, if you're breaking records with guys that played three and four years, I think it's a, you know, it's a little, oh, no, no, it's a little yes. different. Totally agree. You get double the amount of time. No, you're right about that. That's true. That's a good it's point. It's only his fifth year. It's only his fifth year. He had four oh. years at Oral Roberts. His fifth year is here. That's five. But yes, I get what you're. I get your point. Just that, that extra COVID year. But uh, well, the Kalen Clark. I think this is her actual senior year, right? Yes, this is. This is. And she, I mean, she's unbelievable. I know she's going to be the number one overall pick, right? Oh, she has to be. I've yeah. never. I think we've ever seen. I mean, um, you know, there. You know, Cheryl Swoops was a great player at Texas Tech back didn't in the day. Swoops and her get, Didn't Swoops like criticize Kalen Clark recently? I did not see that. Oh, you, oh it's, apparently it's like a big thing. Let me look it up because I, I, I heard some, some women's basketball fans talking about it. Apparently, Sheryl Swoop said something about her record or the record she was pursuing, and people did not like it. Ooh. Oh, no, they were upset. Oh, no, it went. they were going off. Hey, I'll, I'll, yeah, she apologized, actually. How about that? I'll find it for you. I'll find it. Well, she's a good example of, um, you know, the NIL. I know there's a lot of ills of NIL, right, name, image, and likeness, and we, we can agree with them or disagree with them. They need guardrails. But, but this is women's basketball, right? People aren't – ladies aren't making a ton of money come in WNBA time, right? They're making more than NIL space. That's exactly right. Yeah. She's got deals Angel with – Angel Reese and all that. Oh, yeah. She's got deals with Nike, Gatorade, State Farm. Um, so she's making more money as an Iowa Hawkeye than she probably will in the WNBA uh, just on endorsement deals. She's be, and, and, you know, what we're seeing, you know, on the women's game um, is, is 
you know, what we used to see on the men's side, where, and we see in football, where, where college players become such stars in college, and then by the time they get to the pros, they're already household names, right? That's one of the things about having the college system that develops oh, yeah. these players. So, we, you know, but in the NBA right now, we're not seeing the guys in college long enough for them to become stars in college, right? We're the, we're, but on the women's side, they that's are. That's very true. Um, so, you know, I think that's part of it. We talked to you earlier last week about the NBA, and it's, you know, who's going to replace the, the faces of the league and LeBron James and, and, uh, and Steph Curry when they retire. Um, you know, we, we're seeing that more. Like, because, again, when you have three, four years, as, as Ty says, of college football or college basketball and you're a star, by the time you get to your professional league, you're a known commodity and you've already, you know, made a name for yourself. And that's – I think the NBA is not getting enough of that right now because the, the, the college game is so transient and the players that are really good, they go straight to the NBA now. Yeah, uh, apparently Sheryl Swoops uh, questioned whether Caitlin Clark's game would translate to the WNBA Ooh. in a podcast. Yeah, like that was she was didn't think her game would translate. Well, to I would the say WNBA. this. I mean, watching Caitlin Clark, I mean, I'll that's, send the clip to Ty. We can listen to the clip. Okay. She could be literally one of those people that uh, you know transcends and brings fans to the WNBA that aren't currently watching the WNBA wherever oh, she goes. Because yeah, she's her uh, game is so exciting. Yeah, and, yeah. The fans are going to begin to watch that WNBA product because she's there. Since we're talking about, it, I did send it to you, Ty. If you want to dial up Cheryl Swoops' criticism of Caitlin Clark, they got the basketball world lit. See, look at Barack Obama's congratulating Caden Clark. There you go. She's a star, man. Greatest scorer in the history of women's college basketball right there. She's a star. Hey, Ty, I sent you the uh, trailer for the new uh, New England Patriots 10-part docuseries that is uh, debuting now. It's actually the first two episodes are streaming on Netflix. Can we play this? I don't know what this sound's going to be because it looks like it's a lot of just guys sitting in a chair, but can you play this for me? It's only 30 seconds long. Yeah. Uh, when did you, did you just send it to me? Uh, or did I not? Uh, I don't I think you did. I don't think I'll send did. it to your company. Oh, I wanna... You dial up the Cheryl Swoops thing. Yeah, I got it. I sent it to you. Okay, right, let's, let's, let's hear Cheryl Swoops criticize Caitlin Clark and see if it's worth it. Here we work. go. Here we go. Yeah. Will eventually be a good pro. I don't think Angel will come into the league immediately and dominate the way people think she will. And I say that for people who have never watched a WNBA game. It's good. Like, there's talent. Like, these women can play. And because there are very few roster spots. Like, it's a real job. So people look at new players coming in, whether that's out of college, players who've been overseas, and they look at that and say, oh, you trying to come take my job. Like, no, nah, it's not going to be that easy. So will Caitlin Clark be a good pro? Absolutely. Will Caitlin Clark come into the WNBA? and do what she's doing right now immediately absolutely not not gonna happen okay i think yeah. that's fair that, that's i do fair. too yeah i don't i don't think it's that harsh actually it kind of makes sense like yeah she's gonna be a rookie it may take her a while but if she goes into their into the WNBA as a rookie and just lights it up and then everybody's good but, but charles Hoops apologized by the way for this he's apologize i yeah, Chuck, I don't know. I don't know why people she get so sensitive. sensitive over the Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese stuff. It's it's ridiculous. Really? That's, oh. I, that's another. Besides, uh, I haven't been seeing as much Taylor Swift on my Instagram recently. Thank God, I've been seeing more and more Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese. Which uh, they're both hoopers, but I always look at the comment sections, and it's like a almost like a race war in there every single time. Just people talking <laughs> trash on on either one. I, it's. It's, yeah. yeah, it's it, it, it gets people going one way or the other. Okay. Whether you're arguing about if they're good or not, who's better. I mean, it's good. I guess at the end of the day, people are talking about women's college it's good basketball. For the so sport it's good it for is the good sport. for the sport, actually. Yeah, it's great for the sport because it's it's rivalry, right? It's it's the drama. It's the uh, 
It's the the pettiness we talk about. Yeah, but I'm with you. I don't think that was that hard to get made no, a lot of sense. That was <laughs> that's a very poised comment. She said some other stuff about the record, and I think like when she was approaching the record too, some other stuff. So that wasn't the only thing she said. But like I said, didn't sound that harsh to me. But either way, Michelle Swoops is a legend, and she's saying Kaylin Clark is going to be good, just not good immediately when she goes to WNBA. Yeah, but she might be wrong about that too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I don't know the transition. I haven't watched a lot of WNBA. Maybe she's going to go there and light it up. I have not watched. Are Angel Reese going to be in the same draft class? I don't. You're. you're I'm barking up the wrong, wrong tree. lane for me. <laughs> wrong lane for me, brother. I will look that up then. I guess we're educating ourselves on the WNBA. Sounds smart on that. Uh, uh, but it was a you know, <laughs> and I believe you know I think that game last night for Caitlin Clark and the Iowa game was on Peacock. It was a streaming deal. Oh, was it really? Yes, I think it was like. Oh, but they knew she was going to break the record. Is that why? Yes. Okay. Because it wasn't originally scheduled to be on TV, and so all of a sudden this is a record, so they put it on Peacock streaming. I believe is how that played. And it might have been on the Big Ten. They might have shown highlights on the Big Ten Network as, how, as was happening. I mean, we are we are in a kind of a golden era of women bas- women's basketball, though. I mean, after that national title, uh, was it two years ago, where they had the high, it was the highest rated women's national title ever? That was last year. It, it was last year, right, with Kaylin Clark and Angel Reese and all the trash talk and stuff. And during the, I mean, that's – well, and they're they on a are, collision course maybe to play again. I don't know if LSU is that good. Again, I'm way out of my lane here. They <laughs> should. <laughs> Which, well, they, a- that Angel, would, that, Angel that Reese has dealt with some, like, she hasn't been going to school and stuff. Oh. Well, she's making out that money. Yeah. Oh, and she's been suspended? That's why she didn't she, go? Uh, she's playing now, but I, I, I'm also not probably the person asked about this. But since I see it so much on social media, I'm pretty sure she's been, okay. been out a few that. games for disciplinary right. reasons. Okay. There you go. But yeah. she's still hooping Watch when she's on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh-huh. making that cash. Yeah. Making All right. She was in Sports Illustrated swimsuit. Who? Angel yeah, Reese. Angel Which, Reese. Angel Reese. Yeah, I did see something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's when, with Brittany Mahomes. Brittany Mahomes coming out of that deal too. Oh, <sighs> I did see that. I was. I don't know why. Why? Why is Brittany Mahomes posing? And can we talk about this? Her why body. Her, I, not to objectify her, but she. I mean, it is. Well, she's in the yeah, swimsuit. Ex- exactly. Not to objectify her, but <laughs> let's objectify yeah, her. She I mean, wants to be objectified. That's why she's in not, it. Her body was a lot better than I was expecting. Thank you very much. I think, oh, her, so face, I think oh. her face is the issue for me, personally. Oh, God. Not to objectify. Put her face she's is the it, issue. If she's going to put it out there, you got to. I mean, I can comment on it, right? You can see her face. Same thing with you Angel Reese. Her, you, Angel Reese has a nice body, but her face just is not, oh, is not oh, doing it for me. I'm wow. sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, Ty, I'll say it. You I know can, people are thinking you, it. Ty, you can see their faces without the swimsuit edition, so you could have well, yeah, <laughs> made exactly. that observation I, I, before. Before they were both in it, I did not think they were, you know, naturally very attractive. But you, the body's rocking to you. They're Penn yes, Staters. They got, huh? Yes, that, that Great raised uniform, them up. but an ugly helmet. Mm-hmm. Raised them up a few points in my book. <laughs> well, to your question of why is she doing it, I mean, I, you know, I think she wanted to show off her body. I, I asked that question when we first saw it. I was like, can Patrick Mahomes have, Holmes have somebody around him that's not – you know, trying to grab limelight because of him. I mean, whether it's his brother or her or his, his dad. dad. Well, his dad just seems to be a drunk, apparently. Yeah, dad, just a foster <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I mentioned that head of the Super Bowl. It's like, you know, Patrick's trying to get ready for the Super Bowl. Dad's getting DUIs. Uh, the, the wife's in Sports Illustrated. Travis Kelsey's dating a, you know, a superstar, all these mm-hmm. things. Brother. And, and yeah, his brother is doing dumb things. And it's, uh, That's how crystallized his focus is. I know, though. right? Like, it, none of that distracts away from him. Yeah. He just keeps getting better and better. Everybody around him keeps <laughs> trying to soak up more and more fame and more and more of the limelight. You're right. That, you know, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. No. She's going to try to get a reality TV show oh, and sure. her own podcast pretty soon, all that kind of stuff. And you're right, all Petra Mahomes does is keep winning games and making his 
goat-worthy resume. <laughs> Lock it in, man. Lock it in. That's what he does, without a doubt. All right, uh, send your criticisms to uh, care of Ty Henderson uh, yeah. at the Horn headquarters there on the, uh, she, the face conversation. Yeah, he, like, he likes to buy it. I will say this. I think she, she got some work done, and then she wanted to show it off. That's basically Well, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, those – She got some work done. In the chest area. I don't think those are – Yes. Those are yeah, natural. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that's a little unnatural. Well, she did just have a baby recently. Did no, she good. Not? I, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm calm. I'm saying no. If you get the work done, good for you. Go show it off. Good for Patrick you know? too. Good for, yeah. good good for, for Patrick. Well, he's been with her since high school. I know. Right? I mean, I they're, mean, they're like high school sweethearts from yeah. East Texas. Yeah, that's um, good. And, so, yeah. And, and good for him because he's a good guy. He didn't try to upgrade. Once he got, you know, what I mean, once he made it big and blew up, some guys upgrade. Look at Dwayne Wade; he's like, "All right, I'm upgrading. Upgrade time." Gabrielle Union. <laughs> Look at Russell Wilson. Upgrade time. Here we go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some guys, they get, they make it big, and they go, "Listen, I know she's been with me from the get go, but it's time to upgrade this thing." And nobody blames him. I'm not blaming him either. Because women probably upgrade too in their situations. So I'll give him props. He did not look to upgrade. He's like, "Nah, baby, I'll upgrade you. You still my, you still my boo thing." There you go. There you go. The East Texas love affair. It is. It really is because people don't like her. Like, her Q score is really low. People dislike his woman, and he does not care. That does not matter to him. They hate his brother. They hate his his brother. dad's a mess. Yeah. They hate all of his family members. People now hate his tight end and her girlfriend. (laughs) It's like. Very true, yeah. The only only person they like around him is Andy Reid, I guess. Uh, It's hard not to like Andy Reid. Andy Reid's very likable. Very likable. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll come back. We'll pick it up with some bullish or BS conversations. We'll get back to some football talk as well. Baseball season is here. Longhorns opening up their season tonight down over at Dishfalk Field. We'll preview. The 50th all-time season at Dishfalk Field coming up on Hook Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. As we said, share your frustrations with care of Ty Henderson at the Horn headquarters. Uh-oh. 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 Like, Who did he offend this time? Who did Ty offend? Did he oh, offend somebody? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm sure he did. And somebody said, quote, not to objectify her, but her body surprised me. Her face <laughs> is the issue, unquote. <laughs> not to objectify. It's almost that I'm not a racist, but. <laughs> not to be racist. Not to be offensive, but right. let me be really offensive. Yeah, that's kind of the way that goes. Well, at least I preface it. Mm-hmm. You preface it. As long he as you did. do that, right? It means he's a, he was aware of it. He was aware that he was about to objectify her. I'm so, just, I mean, I'm sure know. a lot of people are thinking it. We all have our opinions. It's not like. Like, let's oh, not act okay. like we're not looking. Well, no, will, she's in swimsuit edition. I was looking. Exactly. A- if you don't, if you don't want to be judged on based on your appearance, then don't put yourself in Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Oh man, that was good. That was yeah. Man, my man Ty, he's one of a kind. I love it. <laughs> one of a kind. One of a, what, what did you? What did you? I wonder, did your lady listen to the program, uh, Ty? Um, no, not really. I mean, she'll okay, if, I, if I tell her to. She honestly, she comes up here sometimes and brings me breakfast, so she'll. She'll listen Damn, when she's a, here. You got a good one, Ty. You, you, you know you got a good one now, I right? Know. You, you, I know. Yeah, okay. I, I can – okay, just want to make sure we're on the same page there. She seems like she's a keeper. keeper. No, she is. She's buying, you, she's buying you clothes and she's bringing you breakfast. She seems like she's worried genuinely about your well-being. <laughs> no, she she's just not – no, she just likes being around me, and I like being around her too. Well, that's it's – It's been like two weeks of – I think my roommate I, – I, we need to spend a night apart and I'm not at my house soon because I think it's been like two and a half weeks between being in NOLA – and her spending that at my house, so she she's yeah. working all weekend, so we'll we'll be away from each other a little bit. But absence makes the heart her. grow fonder. Gonna miss her, of course. Oh, Ty said he gonna miss her. I get whipped. Whoa, that's big, Ty. Yeah. But like I said, I have some birthday celebrations this weekend, so I will be hitting the town. 
but relationship. But your relationship tied now, though. Respectfully hitting the tie. Yeah, now tie. Okay, so now you go out. Now you're just a wingman. You can't. You don't even go hit on women. You just go, go out. Yeah. It's a wingman for your homeboys, no, right? I mean, I, I I tend to see people I know and just you know have some friendly conversations, catch up. Good, good for you, Ty. All right, I um, like this. all right. Bullish or BS? Be, speaking of objectifying the female species. <laughs> Dateline Peconing, Michigan. Bullish or BS? Oh, a no. high school cheerleader in Michigan no. was forced to cover up, according to school officials, when she wore her school-issued cheerleading uniform to school on game day. Yeah. Amanda a- uh, Alberg said she was upset that her daughter, Mar- uh, Mariah, a varsity cheerleader at the high school, was told to put pants on because she wore her – she was she – was too scantily dressed, wearing her cheerleader uniform it's, on game day. Hold up, then, then the cheer, something's wrong with the cheerleading uniform. That's then, what I'm saying. You don't think it's appropriate for school? Come then on, why, man. How does she wear it on the sideline of a sporting event then? Right? This is, this is the actual uniform she wears. Yes. Then it can't, by definition, it cannot be scantily clad, can it? The mother believes that in terms of the dress code, if a uniform what? is appropriate to be worn at the game, it should be okay to be worn at school. I... I called the school office. They told us that uh, they have to wear pants under the uniform at all times. Okay, you know what? Maybe that's not true because, like, the Palm Squad, they were the, 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 the assless chaps, so you can't, <laughs> can't be wearing that stuff to school. Like, yeah, they, that, that could they, be distracting. That could be distracting. So, yeah, so maybe it doesn't always apply that if it's appropriate for the field or for, you know, competition, that's also appropriate for school. So Because wrestlers, right, they were – Right? What if a male wrestler just wanted to wear his Tights? wrestling uniform, right? Leotard to class all day. <laughs> Got the junk hanging out. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I guess you can't. Yeah. I mean, so actually, that's not that crazy. Because you can't just wear whatever you're going to wear for the game to class. Okay. That's not always appropriate. I'm just trying to remember back. I haven't been in high but school. But cheerleading, the cheerleading uh, skirts are short, though. They were like little the girls, boomers. My, I mean, my. They're short. My, and I was like, the girls wear their cheer uniforms on games. That's day. what I thought. No, they. I, I remember at Houston Lamar they wear it too. My point is, it it may be considered inappropriate. I mean, it's a short skirt. Yeah, yeah, but well, it's it not like school it's issued. Not, they have paid for. It's like spandex under. It's not like their butts are just See, hanging out. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. I'm just talking. About, I'm just saying that the devil's advocate. What if the volleyball girls all wanted to wear their volleyball shorts to the class? Done. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Like I don't know if that. I don't know if we can say that's appropriate. Okay. The class. I did, I'm just thinking back to, to Ty's point. I was in high school years and decades ago, but the cheerleaders did wear they their did. outfits to school on, on Friday of game days on, for pep rallies. They're going I, to pep rallies, and I think we all were also. It was like that's great. We all love that. Players would wear their jerseys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then, then when they like decorate the lockers and stuff, all and, that kind yeah, of. Yeah, I think I remember the dance squad dressing the same too. The dance squad would always yeah, they all dress the same. It was a you know pep rally environment. Yeah. Getting ready for the big game. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Ty? We were sports coat and slacks. All business at Westlake. All business. Oh, that's right. Y'all wore like uh, like suits or like y'all dress up. Yeah, for game well, day. you had to wear a tie. You know, most people okay. wore a coat as well. I like that. Actually, I do. I kind of like that. They do that now at the obviously at the college. A, level, they just they a lot never, of a lot of different programs at both high school and. And college, yeah. I feel like do that now. Hey, Ty, let me ask you. In, in college, they definitely should do it now. You got the money now. Like, go get a suit. Go get, go get go you get, a suit. Go get you a suit, young man. What do you, you have in Bullish or BS there, Rod B? Should be one of your first purchases uh, when you get your NIL money. That's right. right? You should go right. buy, like, a really nice suit. Absolutely. Uh, okay, Bullish or BS, uh, one of the popular names coming up as a possible candidate to replace Steve Wilkes, who was the uh, defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers and Super Bowl, Brandon Staley. Mm. It's now coming up. Do we bullish or BS? We like Brandon Staley hooking up with Shano to upgrade over Wilkes. Is that an upgrade? 
I liked your Bill Belichick DC? theory better. I love the Belichick one, too. <laughs> to go with Shanahan. Sexy. Uh, but, look, Brandon Staley was a terrible head coach, but he was a great defensive coordinator with the Rams when they won the Super Bowl. So he matches up with the Shanahan, McShanahan coaching tree. Yeah. Uh, that would be okay. I mean, I, I, that would I mean, obviously, Mike, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan took a lot of heat for the Steve Wilkes firing. But he, you know, he says, you said, it just wasn't a fit. And it wasn't a fit all year. No, this wasn't. was not just a Super Bowl scapegoat situation. This was, they weren't going to work together moving forward. So, but, you know, Brandon Staley, I'm fine with it. I'd be fine yeah. with it. As long as he's not making in-game decisions like going for it on fourth down or <laughs> clock management, leave that to Kyle. And don't do those weird stretches on the sideline before the game. Oh. Like <laughs> those very feminine stretches he was doing before the game. Uh, I got a question about uh, – Mike Zimmer, though, we come back to a discussion that. that Cowboys fans are having. It's a simple question. We'll talk some Cowboys Texas fans. baseball as well. I know a lot of uh, Longhorn baseball fans ready to get out to the dish and get their baseball on this weekend. We'll preview that Ooh-wee. with a team that I think a lot of people are bullish. Rod can be a team that's got Omaha kind of talent. Yeah, Drew broke Omaha it down kind yesterday. of talent. Yeah, he was excited about it. Omaha kind of te- kind of depth and talent. We'll talk more about this Texas baseball team. Also, Texas basketball with a big game tomorrow down at Houston on the men's side. Women are home. That's we'll get all of that coming up in our headlines. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.